0: So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Booster Boutique Podcast. I'm Emily Benson, your host and best friend on this boutique journey. Today's episode is all about how to relaunch, rebrand, redo your boutique business. I have come across so many women who either get off on the wrong foot, decide to take another direction midway, Kind of through launching and growing, or people who just are like, you know what? I want to scrap this. It's not working. I have to restart. And what I want to tell you is that it's okay. And I'm going to take you through the three main steps I think that are really important in what do you do now? What's next? How do you deal with this? What is What happens? And I'm going to make it fun for you. Before we get into the episode, I'm going to read a review from one of the beautiful reviewers who have left a comment and a rating over on iTunes. This review is from Gina Gray. She says, The information on this is worth way more than free. I have loved following Emily and listening to the podcast. I find myself going back to different ones here and there for more of the information, taking notes and laughing along with her. Her mindset teaching is off the chains. So much of what we deal with is all about mindset. I always look forward to the next upload. Gina, thank you so much for that review. If you haven't yet please head over to either iTunes or Stitcher and you can rate and review the podcast right from within the app on your phone. Every episode, I'm going to read a review because they're fun and I want to make sure that you guys know that I see them, I value them, and I would love more of them because the more reviews I get, actually, the more I get seen. So the more women I can serve and help. And that is really my intention in having this podcast and truly my intention in doing the work that I do is to help uplift more women and help you feel like the CEO of your fashion boutique business. When I started the fashion truck, my first boutique business, I was really overwhelmed with the amount of choices and how much opportunity there was to sell product. And I think I went a little bit overboard. I really didn't go too overboard, but I will be honest with you. When I first set out, I knew I was going to sell to women. I knew that my ideal customer was probably between 28 and 38. I was 28 at the time when I started the fashion truck. And I really felt like she was me, I was her, and, you know, I wanted to sell to her. However, I also, in my excitement, had a lot of people coming at me and saying like, oh my gosh, you're starting a boutique. That's so cool. My friend sells X, Y, and Z. Or my cousin has this line of blah, blah, blah. And I did get a little bit wrapped up in it. So when I first launched the truck, I actually was selling some kind of like... I won't say weird, I'm not going to judge them, but I definitely sold more things other than just clothes and accessories. I was selling outdoor pillows that were like so cute. They were made, you know, on Nantucket or something with like umbrella fabric. They were great. I was selling uh, these beautiful handmade children's clothes from a friend's cousin that were just so cute. And I had a couple other like home decor kind of things in the mix. Now, luckily, I didn't go too overboard because the truck was like 100 square feet. So I couldn't fit that much stuff in it, right? But if you have an online shop or you have a physical location and you feel like, oh my gosh, I need to fill this up, I want you to just be weary of overbuying, of over-assorting what you're selling because that's money that you are putting into products that you're taking kind of a bet on that might not sell, right? Now, you might have done this also just even within the assortment that you have. Maybe, you know, you've read my story about one-shoulder dresses and how I invested a lot one season into one-shoulder dresses and then suddenly found out, "Mm, these don't really like fit people. (laughs) the way that they need to. And so it happens to all of us, okay? My intention in telling that story is to tell you, like, I made mistakes too. Like, I can sit here and tell you what to do, but, like, just know most of what I'm telling you is based on my own money mistakes and my own, like, assortment mistakes. Even after having all the experience I had in the retail industry, I still opened my store with some mistakes, okay? So this happens to everyone. Be okay with it when you make missteps and know that you know I really realized very quickly once I went to a big event that there were things in my boutique that just weren't selling and then there were things that were selling and I couldn't necessarily like afford to restock right so because I had spent money on the pillows and the kids clothes it was a tough situation because then I saw all my women's clothes selling really well I saw tops doing really well I saw you know scarves doing really well and I had to start to make some really tough decisions. This was really quickly um, in my business. I actually remember I even had fascinators, you know, like British fascinators. Like I thought they would be so cool. I loved them, but women in Boston did not me on that one. And part of it was because, you know, when I started the fashion truck, I had been living in New York and I had been living in Ohio before that. And I had really never lived in Boston as an adult, but here I was starting a business in Boston and I really had to learn who this Boston ideal customer was, right? I knew her age. I knew she was kind of like me. I also had to realize that because I had lived in New York, I was really fashion forward. I, like, was way ahead of the trend, and things just weren't hitting Boston the way they would hit New York, okay? So just so you know, like, generally the way that fashion trends hit is they're in London and Paris first, okay? Then they tend to move to New York and LA. It depends on, you know, which coast gets which trend. Trends definitely go to New York and LA first, and then they kind of go to the next big cities. They go to Miami, they go to Chicago, they go to Seattle, they go to San Francisco, right? And, and then they start to move into the smaller towns, the suburbs, places like that. So just know that if you're in a major city, you might be able to pick up a trend first, but if you're not, it may take a little bit of time for the trend to kind of get to you, if that makes sense. So I really had to readjust what I was thinking in the truck, right? I had to take the money and put it where I was going to maximize the sales. Now, if you've been hanging out with me long enough, you know that the merchant motto is maximize what works, minimize what doesn't, okay? So that's what I'm going to teach you how to do in this episode. We're going to go back to the merchant motto, (laughs) my favorite thing. And listen, the merchant motto works for everything in your business. It works for employees, it works for locations, it works for product assortment, pricing. As long as you are maximizing what works and minimizing what doesn't, you will over time have a very successful business. Okay? So the first thing that I want to kind of address is the feelings and the mindset behind relaunching, rebranding, or kind of redoing your business. I know you put a lot of heart into your business. I know you put a lot of soul into your business, a lot of your hopes and dreams. And to get to the point where you feel like, oh, I got to change stuff. Kind of feels crappy. Like, let's be real. I think that what you need to know first and foremost is starting a business is really about trial and error, trial and balance, trial and figuring it out as you go. And as you start to figure it out as you go, you'll start to learn these things, right? That I'm saying, maximize, minimize. Just know that it is okay to decide to take a different direction. It is okay. And I want you to really work through some forgiveness. I think we tend to be really hard on ourselves. I hang out with a lot of high achievers. I know if you're listening to this, you are probably a type A kind of person, maybe a little bit extroverted. Definitely you have big dreams for yourself. And so the very, very first step I want you to do is to forgive yourself for the mistakes that you made. Because if you didn't make those mistakes, you wouldn't be able to learn. And you wouldn't be able to get to this point where you know you need to adjust. And I think that's something important to think about is this idea of failing forward. It's a term that's often used in kind of corporate settings. But failing forward is taking your failures, your mistakes, your missteps, and moving forward and learning from them. So first and foremost, like, please let's not dwell on too much of the feelings of like, oh, I screwed up. Oh, I made a mistake. You know, part of this is also just like, you need to learn more. We all do. I'm always taking a course. I'm always have a coach. I always am listening to podcasts, learning more as much as I'm pumping out information back to you guys. And so I want you to just become a sponge and really realize that as you grow, as you learn, you're going to adjust. I'm going to go through rebrand really soon too. And you'll see why. there's very specific reasons. I'm going to write an article about it. I'll probably do a podcast about why I'm rebranding. And that is, for me, really important because you can always do better in your business. You can always streamline and you can always say, you know what? I can make this better. And when you make it better for yourself, you make it better for your customers. You make it better for the people that are following you. And that's kind of where I want to go next is that the second piece of trying to redo, rebrand your business is to get very, very, very clear on your ideal customer. Probably many of you listening are feeling like that's where you missed out. You bought a bunch of stuff, but you didn't have a plan. You didn't really know who you were going to sell to. You bought things that you thought people might like. You kind of liked. I don't know. What I do know is that the two most important factors in this business are your ideal customer and your product assortment. Those are huge. Okay. And one informs the other. You have to have a very clear ideal customer to understand what it is you're going to buy. Right. I was listening to, I don't know what anymore. (laughs) I have this note in my notes on my phone. Do you guys keep like a thousand notes like I do? And someone, I apologize if this was someone famous, they said that customer acquisition is actually just narrowing in on your ideal customer. So all of you that are having trouble saying, I can't get new customers, I feel like my reach isn't getting very far, the problem probably is, is that you haven't narrowed down your ideal customer. And what I can tell you is that I actually did that in this business, in this new consulting business that I started in 2015, I kind of came out of the gate saying, I'm going to be a business coach, I'm going to help people run their businesses, and That was late 2015 as I was kind of closing my store. Early 2016, I was still on this, like, I'm going to be a business coach. I'm going to coach, you know what I said? I said creative entrepreneurs. And you guys probably all relate. You're probably creative. You're an entrepreneur, right? I am too. But that's like a ton of people. It's like a huge audience. As I've always been told, the riches are in the niches. And so as I started to go through 2016, I really started to realize, mostly because the people that were hiring me were boutique owners and fashion truck owners, mobile boutiques. I realized like oh my gosh, I think that boutique owners, retailers are my ideal customer. Like duh, Emily, this is where I started to really have this revelation of like, well, this is what I've been doing for 12 years. Why shouldn't I just continue doing it in a different way? But of course I doubted myself. Of course I was like, oh, boutiques don't need help. They know what they're doing. Oh, no one's going to hire me. Oh, I don't have anything to teach. We all go through it. This whole idea of understanding who your ideal customer is, is crazy important. And I think that's why when I tell you guys to start up in a really slim way and just spend a little bit of money here and there on product, it's because I want you to have open money to go back and purchase more once you start to learn what your customer likes and doesn't like. Because we can start our business and have like a fairly good idea. Like I said, I kind of knew what I was going to sell in the fashion truck, but as I got on the streets, as I started having women in the store, it was very clear what they wanted and what they didn't because they were telling me with their dollars. And so I think when you first start out, you can get as clear as you possibly can on that ideal customer. And then you have to shift and really see. I want you to really give yourself a fair chance as you're just starting out and really try to sell what you have. You know, I think a lot of us, we put things up once and we think, oh, it should sell. Like, no, we have to tell people over and over and over and over. If you watch my Instagram stories, you know when I'm promoting something. You know when I have something that I want you guys to sign up for or know about. I talk about it basically every day or every other day for that time period. And so I think it's important for you to understand that if you have started your business and you've you know, kind of sold some things. It's kind of lackluster. This is where you also can start to follow your heart and start to follow who you really think your ideal customer is. What do you really want? What's your style? A lot of times, and I'll do a podcast on this later, but a lot of times what I'm finding is that the boutique owner herself is actually the influencer, is actually the brand manifester, let's call her, for her boutique business. And her having style, her knowing herself, is kind of the most important thing. So I want to marry the idea of, okay, we need to understand who our ideal customer is, and we need to understand who we are. Because when we marry those two things, that's when we get this beautiful synergy of who we're selling to and who we're attracting, right? I always talk about, like, let's not... Let's not push our stuff on customers. Let's pull them in. I have so many women coming to me saying, I want to reach more people. And I say, no, you want to attract more people. Attraction marketing, attraction is way more powerful than reaching, reaching, reaching. And so if you are standing in your own power and you're understanding what you love, what you're good at, what you want to sell, what you know you have a customer out there for and you're really niche about it. I know you're going to attract those people. If you need more help understanding who your ideal client is and you are new in your business or maybe you've been in business, you know, four to six months, you're like, I want to change. I have had rave reviews about Boutique Basics Bootcamp. I'm going to put the link in the show notes, but it's really just www.boutiquebasicsbootcamp.com, all one word. That is my online course for new boutique owners. Okay, it's sort of the next level. If you read my book, you've listened to all my podcasts, I want you to ch- really take that course. Okay. I am not here to like sell you things that I don't think work. I know this works. I know so many women that have said, wow, just going through the ideal customer part of this and going through the product assortment part of this, I've really narrowed down what I know I want to sell. And actually a lot of people go through that course and decide like, Ooh, I'm actually like not on target with where I need to be in terms of ideal clients. So Check that course out. It's now open as a self study course. Uh, I open it live generally around October every year, and I go through it with you. So, until then, it's self study. And when the live opens, if you want to go through it live with me, um, we always welcome you back in if you've done the self study. So, uh, don't worry. But I think it's really imperative for you to get in on who your ideal client is. That's going to help you with customer acquisition, it's going to help you with product assortment. So, ideal customer. All right, lastly is like, Emily, how do I get rid of what I bought already? (laughs) I'm feeling really down. I'm feeling really distressed. And I know I need to change. I have a good, clear vision of where I want to change. But I have all this inventory I already bought. What do I do? All right, there's two things I want you to know here. Number one, the most important thing for you to do is get your money back. Now, you probably, and again, This could change, but you, if you haven't really been selling what you have, the most important thing is to get that wholesale cost that you paid for those items back in your pocket, okay? You don't need to make a profit at this point. You just need that kind of startup cash back in your pocket. I remember my dad would say to me, you know, Emily, why are you letting that stuff hang out on the rack? I know you don't want to run a sale, but wouldn't it be nice to have that cash back in your pocket? And so I always would look around my store and be like, all right, what needs to go so I can get the cash back in to reinvest in what I know is working? That's was important to me. And honestly, sometimes I would mark things down right to what I paid wholesale cost for them or $2 above or something like that. Now, it's not the most glamorous way to run your boutique. It's not obviously the ideal way. But when you're in kind of a dire situation where you need to get rid of inventory, just getting that wholesale cost back is going to be really good for your cash flow. So that's number one. You may have to just go right down to cost and see if you can get rid of it. But Emily, you still can't get rid of it. What do I do? Okay, so on Facebook, there's these new things that are called Destash groups. I don't really know what Destash stands for, so if you know, message me so I know. Okay, I'm a little out of the loop because honestly, the Destash thing I feel like kind of originated from. Uh, the direct sellers of the world, trying to trade inventory and things like that. But boutiques have picked up on it. This was not, again, an option I had when I had my boutique. But I want you to try to take advantage of it. If you've been a client of mine, I do have my own Uh, inventory exchange group. So if you're a client and you're not in that group, just send us a message at hello at stylishandsuccessful.com and we'll send you the group link so you can join that group. It's just for people who've been clients of mine, meaning that you've taken like a paid course with me. So send that over. But there are like so many others. Okay, you guys. So just use the search bar on Facebook and start to de-stash your inventory. Like I said, you might just get your wholesale cost back from it. You may, if you're really struggling, you may want to go to somewhere like a Plato's closet or um they're like um Or a consignment store, something like that, where you can trade in some of what you have and get some money for it. Again, at this point, you're really just trying to salvage whatever you can. And I don't want to tell you to go to rock bottom prices, but I also want you to be okay with knowing that like, if you invested $1,500 in inventory starting out, if you get even 1000 thousand, nine hundred, eleven hundred, twelve hundred $1,100, $1,200 of that back you're in really good shape, okay? Because the deal is is that you wanna recoup your costs and you really want to give yourself the leeway to know that what you're buying next is going to be on point for what you want and where you wanna go with that new ideal customer. So that would be my best suggestions on trying to get rid of the inventory, okay? You might not wanna sell it to the customers you have now. I never suggest running some sort of like going out of business sale Or, oh my gosh, we're reinventing everything sale. You really wanna protect your image to your customers that are loyal, that have bought from you, that are excited about you. Really, like, I worry that a lot of women who left direct sales and then kind of started a boutique, they got really heavy into this, like, going out of business culture and it kind of killed the vibe, right? Like, I want you to continue your momentum. So it's important to stay in a place of positive energy. With the customers you already have and that you've already developed, so that as you start to bring on new stuff, they're excited and maybe they're some of they're really who you're mining this data for around who your ideal customer is. So just know that you're okay to change. Don't kill your image, but um, behind the scenes, it's time to really like shake, rattle, and roll to get the inventory that you need to build your boutique back up. And listen, you can do this at any time. Like I said, there were times in my successful boutique business, you know, time where I bought some things that like weren't great (laughs) and I had to go to cost or they came in at the wrong time. And, you know, it was just about getting rid of them. So just know that like this is going to be something that happens and it's okay. Forgive yourself Figure out that ideal customer and get rid of what you have so that you can invest in what you know is going to sell, okay? Hopefully this helps. I just want to give you a shout out. If you are going through this rebranding, this transition point, just know that I am really thinking of you and that you can make it through this. Absolutely. We all make mistakes. If you have heard any very successful, like way more successful than me, entrepreneur's journey There's like a lot of mistakes in the journey. So just know that this might be your first business. This might be your first time investing money in yourself and in something that is your dream. But just know that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so you may be in the first quarter mile and like you get a leg cramp, but you're going to go to the water station. You're going to walk for the next quarter mile and then you're going to start to run again. I'll see you on the next episode. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Boost Your Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more.